Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. In Jesus' mighty name. So very quickly, I want to start by reiterating what our mission is as a church. What is the mission of Celebration Church? Number one, to be an effective evangelical ministry enlisting people in Christ. Number two, I'm moving with the speed of light because I, I mean we started be, be, be beyond schedule. Number two, to be in a, an effective teaching ministry discipling people in Christ. Number three, to be an effective mission-minded ministry, redeploying people for Christ. And then number four, which is what I want to emphasize this afternoon, to emphasize the surpassing delight in Christ above all things. Say with me, to emphasize the surpassing delight in Christ above all things. Let me say this. You see, for a lot of us, in our background, Christian background, we were taught it is about black or white, good and evil. You used to do evil before? Don't do it. Try to be a good girl. Try to be a good boy. And then God will be happy. But you see, God's real purpose is deeper than that. Yes, we are to place our faith in Jesus, but faith walks by love. And so Paul says, if anyone, if anyone love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. Let him be cursed eternally. So those who don't love the Lord Jesus Christ are doomed to eternal fire. It is not just a faith issue True faith is powered by love. Come on, are you understanding what I'm saying? And so that's why you would hear me say often that Christianity is a miracle of changed desires. It is not just about what you do. Listen, God is as particular about the why as he is about the what. Because in the kingdom, the end doesn't justify the means. How you do what you do is as important as what you do. Come on, are you listening to me? I want to teach you one of the biggest principles of my life. And I began to delve into that in the morning. And I thought I can as well zoom in on it even more this afternoon. Because when it comes to establishment in the things of God, when it comes to lasting, what I'm about to share is important. There are many people who have experienced the blessings of God, seen many miracles, and whatever charismatic advantage you can think of or imagine, and somehow their walk with God began to take the back burner. I gave you the example of John the Baptist who saw the spirit descend as a dove on Jesus and still had the effrontery to ask much later, are you the Messiah or should we look for another? It means encounters are not enough as important as they are, 
as important as encounters are, they are not enough. Your walk with God must be predicated on a firm understanding of the word of God. Please, are you listening to me? So, even if we just come and pray for everybody, you see, you ought to desire more than that. Revival will last with understanding. Never forget that. Revival will last with understanding. If you have the understanding, the revival will never end. So, in the kingdom, the end never justifies the means. There are many people who do the right thing for the wrong reasons, and that is not enough in the sight of God. Doing the right thing for the wrong reason is wrong. Doing ministry to make money is wrong. I, I mean, now, you are preaching the word of God. But God's not going to bless that. And so he tells us that at the end of the day, he says, every man's work will be tried with fire. Don't forget, this is the fire conference, right? You see, so fire proves motives. Fire proves motives. First Corinthians chapter 3, from verse 13 to 15. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, and it shall be revealed by fire. Fire proves motives. It's not just enough that you do the right thing. You must do the right thing, the right reasons, and the right way. Throughout the Bible, you see the supernatural meticulousness of God. There is a way things ought to be done. Just because God receives sacrifices does not mean you can offer him whatever sacrifice you want. And so Cain came with his natural understanding, gave him what, I mean, since it's just the fruit of my work, offered crops to God because he's a farmer. He thought the reason Abel offered an animal is because he was, he had the livestock. But it wasn't about that. It was predicated on supernatural understanding and faith in the real Lamb of God that would die for the world. That's why every sacrifice ought to have blood. Do you understand what I'm saying? But he thought it was just about bringing the works of your hand. So he also brought props. And God had respect for Abel's sacrifice and no respect for Cain's sacrifice. And he was angry. Say altar is altar. No, no. There are spiritual protocols. There is a way things must be done. When the ark was made, there were four poles so that at every time, if the ark would be transported, four men would carry it on their shoulder. Ah, this is so backward. I mean, technology has moved past this. Let's put it on a cart that can roll. And God looked at them, he didn't talk. But then, because of this their ingenious idea, the ark was going to fall and someone out of here tried to catch it and touched it and he died on the spot. 
Because the protocol of God is not trying to catch up with technology. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's the ancient of days. The world may pass away. His word will still remain. Are you getting this? So, in a fast-moving world, you must test all things and hold on to that which is true. There are some things that will never change. No matter how fast-paced the world is, no matter how fast the revolution or the revolving of the world is, or the rotation of the world is. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled. So I want to teach you something that is going to help your discernment. Look at James chapter 1. We'll read from verse 2. It's a scanty commentary of James chapter 1. So very quickly, James chapter 1. If you have King James Version, raise your hand. All right. If you have any other newer translation, raise your hand. All right. Those of you who have the King James Version, read James chapter 1, verse 2 together. One, two, go. It says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse what? Temptations. Now, those of you with newer translations, how many of you have New King James Version? New King James. Those of you with New King James, read James 1, 2, loud as you can, 1, 2, go. Now, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. KJV calls it temptations. NKJV calls it trials. What's he talking about? What is the difference between a trial and a temptation? Because we always believe that they are different. And if they are not the same, why are they used interchangeably? Or did someone make a mistake? Because we believe that you are faced with a temptation when you are drawn away and enticed to do something that is utterly sinful. For instance, the temptation to steal, the temptation to lie, or something like that. But we think a trial is not necessarily something evil. It's just a hard period in life. Do you understand what I'm saying? At least so, that's the understanding we have. So why is it used interchangeably? Why? There is something very important to learn here. I will save you the stress and I will tell you this. There is no difference. No difference. When you're reading from verse 2, you think he's talking about trials. Then you come to verse 14, from verse 13. And it says, if anyone is tempted, let him not say he's tempted of God. So if you are not careful, you will think that he talked about trials, and now he's talking about temptation, but it's the same topic. Are you listening to this? If anyone is tempted, let him not say he's tempted of God, because God does not tempt anyone with evil. So what then is the temptation? In fact, the, the interesting thing is, the Greek word is the same. Perasmus and perazo, the same word in different tenses. So it's the same. 
So what then is the difference between a trial and a temptation? You know what it says in verse 14? It says, a man is tempted. This is what makes for temptation. Never forget this. A man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lusts and enticed. Oh, come on. So that means the situation was neutral. What made it become a temptation was the loss in his own heart. So what can be a normal trial for another person can be a temptation for someone. And the difference is not the circumstance because the circumstance is neutral. The difference is the heart. Are you getting this? This is very important. For instance, someone is very poor. God gives him money. Now you are rich. Temptations increase. Is money bad? Money is not bad. The reason the temptations increase is because the money is revealing something that was hidden in your heart, something we didn't see when you were poor. It didn't come there when you had money. It had always been there. It just became obvious. It becomes a trial. A lady grows up and then discovers she's very beautiful. Is that a bad thing? But now, all kinds of suitors, not even serious suitors, you know what I'm saying, begin to come. If she succumbs to that, is it because God was tempting her with evil when he gave her beauty? No. Someone else will see all these things as a privilege to serve his nation, serve our nation, all these advantages as a platform through which he can serve humanity or he can serve humanity. But for someone else with lust, he's drawn away of his own lust, of her own lust, and enticed. So good things can become a problem. Are you getting this? Good things. So when, when the Bible says every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust, that tells you that every temptation is tailor-made. Every temptation is tailor-made. And that's why you will notice that we are not all exactly tempted by the same thing, at least not to the same degree. Samson never had a problem with money. His own was women. We are not told that Judas ever had a problem with women. His own was money. Does it mean that there were not temptations in that time? Uh, no. It was his own lust that amplified in his own life what everybody's going through. This teaching is going to give you spiritual intelligence so that you'll be able to see the devil a mile away. So when the devil wants to try to get you, he's going to study the patterns of your life. 
He won't just come because he knows that it's not the same strokes for different folks or how is it said. She's going to find what is peculiar to you and find something tailor-made. This is very important. So, I mean, so the devil wants to tempt Jesus. How do you tempt Jesus? With women? You don't, you don't understand. Jesus can be like this. A, a woman is pouring oil on his head, on his leg, rubbing her. Jesus, those ones don't work. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? For everyone, there are, there are things that... So now, but when a man knows that is his destiny for all things to be put under his feet. And you take him to a high mountain and say, why go through the cross? Are you getting this? Why go through the cross? Just bow, I'll give it to you. Is this not what you want? Easy. Or when you laid aside your glory, to come to the earth because that was part of the assignment. There is a temptation to show who you are. Are you getting what I'm saying? A temptation. And so you bring him to the temple, the pinnacle of the temple. Say, jump down, show off small. Just a little bit. Just jump. All this one you have been preaching, they don't believe you. Jump, let angels catch you. They, see. The ministry will move forward. The Bible says that he showed himself to be the son of God by the things that he suffered. That was the path and the pattern that was given to him. But there was the temptation to do other things. Turn stone to bread. Come on, are you getting this? So now, when you look at Jumping from the pinnacle of the temple, in and of itself, it is not wrong. Are you getting what I'm saying? Especially when you know you won't die. Do you understand? You got to show it off. What makes it wrong is the motive. I've taught you this several times. Why is it wrong to turn stone to bread? If you can multiply five loaves to feed 5,000, which is harder? It can be argued which is harder. Do you know what 5,000 people, have you been in a room with 5,000 people before? Now, were you at reboot camp? Now, imagine someone brings five loaves. Now, when you say loaves, don't think of um, sliced bread. Oh. It's just tight, they break in sacraments. <laughs> Those small ones. Imagine someone brings five loaves and says, I want to feed these people. Ha! It's going to be ridiculous, right? And you do that. And somehow turning stone to bread is your problem. 
see, when you understand this, you will understand another realm of... So it is not just about miracles. Man shall not live by bread alone. So there are good things that I will restrain myself from. It is part of consecration. If you get this, it will change your life. Because there are three ways the devil derails believers. And you must know all the three. After all, the Bible says we are not ignorant of his devices. So, there is persecution. He tries to use persecution. You know when your life is at stake, there are parts in this country, if you want to proclaim the name of Christ, you better be sure. It might cost you your life. I know God bless the believers that are there. I hope you do pray for them. Persecution. He tries to use persecution to derail people. The second is temptation. And this one, the church, dwells on all the time. But the third is seduction. Seduction. And I make bold to tell you that the greatest danger of Christians, or at least the most popular danger of Christians is not persecution. Many of you will never have a sword put to your neck. You may never hear anybody say, believe, recant your believe or die. But there is one thing you will surely face, seduction. Where the devil, by popular social cultural behavior, lures you to change your mind about your conviction. Did God say that's seduction? You need to learn this. Ah. You have to understand that there are Christians, the devil does not need to persecute. <laughs> he already has them. There are Christians, the devil does not need to tempt. The Christianity is just a badge. They, they are not using it for anything. You see, Jesus told Peter, he said, Simon, son of Bajona, the devil seeks to have you that he may sift you like wheat. Listen, when you are sifted, I mean, it means that the qualitative part of your life is no longer present. And what is left is sharp. You have no use to God, no use to anybody. That's what he wants. Canal Christians. You come to church all the time, but you don't love the Lord. You don't. Listen, we are in perilous times. Believe it. Where a gospel artist comes and he says, I, I make an observation. Why is it that some people in their rap, you see secular songs and you see Christian songs? Why? And you know what? Christians were dragging him on attack.
Christians were trying, you know, so, someone even started defending the secular artists that who told you is not praising God. <laughs> God. Oh, Atiana Makapaya. Who told you is not praising God? You know, sometimes I, I look at the debates and I'm like, where, where do we start from? How did we get here? Because you see, some people are so blinded by excellence. So you see, there are things the devil will never get you to say, but he can get you to sing. You, you have to understand what seduction is. It is not obvious. It is subtle. It is subtle. So, if you want to be a solid Christian, it is not just about white or black. Watch out for the gray. Watch out, watch out for the gray. Think about it. The devil didn't ask Jesus to fornicate. That's not what he was after. He didn't ask Jesus to steal. I mean, just be a showman. Jump from the pinnacle of the temple. Let it be about you, not about purpose. Think about that. So that's an issue. That's a thing. Are you getting this? So now you have to be very careful because, <laughs> you know, a lot of people, they didn't learn about the devil from the Bible. They learned about the devil from Nollywood. And so in Nollywood, the devil is always remarkably obvious. He will wear red. With conspicuous horns. And then spiritual battles are always dramatic. The devil and the pastors will be exchanging fireball. <laughs> show you can. Chances don't know show you can. If you know show you can, raise your hand. Eh? You see, I said it. If you know Street Fighter, raise your hand. You see? Mortal Kombat. Oh my God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the Bible says that the devil appears as an angel of light. As an angel of light. He will pretend like he wants to give you good information. Something that will change your life. Like, I mean, I'm just concerned. Really? Did God say that you should not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Ah, and it will help you. So, let me tell you, you have heard that voice many times, you just didn't know. Did God say, okay, look at it from this perspective. Any voice that makes you to second guess the word of God, see it from this perspective. 
any voice that suggests that there is a perspective that the Bible doesn't accommodate, that God doesn't understand, that the church is insensitive, that's the voice of Satan, in case you don't know. And let me tell you, it will look like the most heartfelt and thoughtful advice. As if it is for the sake of just love for humanity. Don't you understand? He's a deceiver. You think he's going to make it obvious that he's after you? He will come as an angel of light. It's no longer just about white or black. It's about gray. Praise the Lord. I mean, why should God tell you not to eat something? Some even say, why did God put the tree in the garden? <laughs> Maybe we should start by defining God. You don't know, you don't know the meaning. Why should God? Does that, you don't understand. The person we, you think we're talking about your uncle. Why should God? Uh -uh. So he should have come and said, sorry, I'm, I want to do this. What do you think? He should have asked for your advice. <laughs> you have a perspective he does not have. See, you might be at the verge of losing it and not know. That's what I'm trying to expose. Praise the Lord. So now, let me, let me see this. Let me drive the point home so that you will understand it. The word translated lost in James chapter 1 verse 14, when the Bible says that a man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. Here's the interesting thing. Do you know that lust is a neutral word? The word is context specific. It's not always a bad word. It depends on the context. <laughs> There's something I want to say that will drive home the point. But I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Now listen to me. I don't think I've said this before. By the grace of God, and by the grace of God, <laughs> my wife and I, you know, we didn't do anything until we got married. I say by the grace of God because, <laughs> 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 brethren, <laughs> but yeah, it's possible. And God's mind about it has not changed. <laughs> so there were many days we had to encourage each other. It was the day she held me and said, man of God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but here's the thing. And this is going to really help you understand what I'm about to teach. 
the temptation was heightened few days to the wedding. Ha! <laughs> Pick it up, eh? <laughs> why, are you look, why are you smiling? Why you tell me, Joe? And then, you know, the suggestions were, it should be, you're already married. <laughs> you're already married, you know? And all of that. But here's the thing. Two days to the wedding, it was still a sin. One day to the wedding, it was still a sin. Just imagine. And so one day to the wedding, you are still controlling yourself, confessing scriptures. <laughs> then we got married. In fact, i tell you something funny. My wife and I almost fought on the day of the wedding. Can I tell you why? Because wedding has finished. She was greeting people. Greeting, <laughs> wasting, do, you think, do you think I waited all these years? <laughs> Let's go, John. <laughs> he did greet people. <laughs> Will you not see them next Sunday? But here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Oh, my God. Now, here's the thing. The reason I want to talk about this thing is because in the church, we pretend we don't know these things. Yeah, so I want to talk about I might be saving a life. After waiting all those years, that night was useless. Because... <laughs> Okay, apart from, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> like, is this the right place, is it? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I was not sure, so, <laughs> so, the next day, Thanksgiving, I, I asked my dad in church, I said, I need guidance, he said, you have to figure it out on your own. <laughs> I said, African parents. But anyway, the real thing I wanted to talk about is, now, just imagine a night before it was still wrong. And now, we've come before the order of God, exchanged vows, signed some documents with the parents, then we go home. It took mind renewal to say, it's okay. So, so can I do this? Is allowed? It took mind renewal. I'm heading somewhere. So, now, <laughs> so we just remove our clothes. Uh, there will still be some shyness. <laughs> Even though I was like, Madam, remove your hand. I don't, don't waste my time. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> your mind is sanctified. I'm talking about it. <laughs> but listen, what I'm saying is this. My desire to be with her was wrong the day before and right the next day. Are you getting it? That means that there is a kind of passion that must be rightly directed. Context. So the word translated lost was used in many good contexts in the Bible. For instance, 
You know, Jesus said, I have desired to partake in the Passover. I have desired. And the word that was translated there is the same word translated for lost in many other places. Did Jesus have lost? Not in the way you know it. So what then is lost? A fervent desire. A fervent what? It must be directed at the right thing. So what makes it wrong? It is the context. When you have such a fervent desire for the wrong thing, it becomes inordinate. So the passion is not wrong. The direction is wrong. Are you getting this? It's just like the word covet. The Bible says, thou shalt not covet. It's one of the Ten Commandments. But then, Paul says, covet earnestly the best gifts. Sir, is covetousness wrong or not? It's the context. There is a kind of fervent desire that when it is directed towards God and the things of God, it is righteous. But when it is directed towards any other thing, it becomes wrong. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's context-specific. Context-specific. So Paul used that Greek word, and Jesus used that Greek word, all referring to righteous things. It wasn't wrong. It is the context that made all the difference. There's so many things I would have loved to share with you, but time will not permit. The next thing I want to talk about is contentment. You know what the Bible says? It says, godliness with contentment is what? So listen, if all your gain in life is money, you're in trouble. Godliness and contentment, you must see it as prosperity to you. That's prosperity. Because you see some people, they have everything, they're not happy. And some other people are just content. And some of you, you were okay until you started comparing yourself with your friends. You were happy with what God is doing in your life until you started comparing yourself. Godliness with contentment is what? But listen, it's going to take a lot of nerve not to mind that other people are living a certain quality of life and be okay with your own process and your own timetable. It takes a lot of nerve not to look around and to consider everything that anyone else is doing. It's going to take a lot of nerve. And that's where you practice what you have learned of the Lord. I'm going to be content. You know, some people, they are okay. For instance, being single until their friend enters a relationship. The pressure will push them. They will date an idiot just to prove a point. Godliness with contentment is great game. Listen, so you must be okay with God's timing, with God's provision all your life. No questions, no doubting. Amen, somebody. Amen. Say with me, say godliness with contentment. That's great game. 
preach that to someone by your side. Another thing that you must learn is to count it all joy when you go through tests. You will count it all joy. Count it all joy. Some people marry early, some people marry late. Guess what? They are not catching late commas. Count it all joy. Learn to be happy for other people. Breathe. Live more. Count it all joy. Listen, the reason I'm saying all this is that, for instance, in this Instagram generation, it is very easy to pick worldliness. And it becomes the norm. And nobody talks about it. Nobody questions it because it has become so popular. Do you know, it will never make sense to me that adults will just go and withdraw money from the bank, then put it on their bed, and then go live on Instagram and be showing then you. Instead of pitying the person and saying, hey, uh, you are now pressured. Do you know how many people they've pressured with fake life? That now you think God is not good because someone pretended to you. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame. That some, someone wants to do a music video, borrow jets, borrow cars, you know, and we sing it and then it will make you change your behavior. You can't see through the charade. And people are doing like a choke, a choke. A choke? Choke who? It's, listen. Are you listening to me? So, read yourself off competition. Just live. Enjoy your process. Be happy for people. Any friend that pressures you, you know, to try to be who you are not, break those friendships. Look for people who love you and accept you the way you are. There are people who can encourage you to do better, dress better, look better, and all. That's different. But anybody who just is constantly putting you under pressure, competing with you, any, anything, any testimony you share, they must say their own. You've met people like that. Always trying to cancel scores with you. X and O. Run away from pressure. Do you understand? Save your life. Protect your life. Protect your mental health. There are some friends you must say, whether in your mind or even verbally, get the behind me, Satan. Pursue them so that they can now allow you breathe. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen. One of the best things that can happen to you is for you to see even what people are not seeing and be free from that social pressure. 
There are some shoes that are 500k and they don't last. You know it's true. They don't last. They don't last. There are some clothes that are 500k and the, the clothes, they don't last. Some no, are not fine. Some no fine. What you see? See, worldliness has a market. They know that many people cannot think for themselves. As long as the public says it's fine, it's fine. Never do anything just to show people that you have it. Start practicing all those things. Just practice. Practice. I don't have to show people what I have. In this Instagram generation, you need to learn it. Save it with me. I don't have to show people what I have. Say it again. You don't. You don't. You don't. Your blessing shouldn't be at anyone else's expense. God blesses you to lift people, not to push them down, not to prove to them that you are better than them. Rid yourself of worldliness. You know, it's possible even in church, on the pulpit, in the name of testimony, people are demonstrating worldliness. You know what I'm saying now. You will hear testimony. Some will exaggerate. Some, they won't tell the full story. They say, all of a sudden. Ah, ah! What is all of a sudden? See, things are bad, though. I was in a church service years ago, and someone came to share testimony how that she was in an exam hall, she didn't know any of the questions, and she says, as God will have it, the vigilator slept. Listen, she shared this testimony on the stage. I just want to thank God as God will have to the glory of God. Listen, can I tell you the worst part? She was a chorister. See, I remember vividly because I was in the choir too. Eh? So she, she, you know where we used to sit? She came and shared that rubbish testimony. I mean, thank God the person who was handling the testimonies had to say no. God doesn't support that. But I'm now like, in my mind, if she's a worker, she does not know that. What are you teaching? Because even our prayers, anybody that you, you know, anybody that is standing in the way of your promotion will go for you, you know? Men of God, be careful so that you don't become balam. <laughs> be careful when you see people with wrong desires and they are trying to push you stand your ground 
You have to understand, I have been gifted from a very young age. Very young age. You, you, don't, you don't understand. You see, utterance. Sir, if I say you are blessed, you are blessed. I'm telling you the truth. And some people discovered it early. So, there was someone who invited me. She wanted me to pray for her. I was still in school then. But, you know, the news about the things God was doing had spread. So, she wanted me. So, she was highly placed in the government. Sent me with, you know, a police escort vehicle. A young boy. You can imagine, I'm talking about... 12 years ago, so you can imagine how I looked. And she brought me to her office, pointed at her boss's seat, and said, pray for me, I want that seat. Can I tell you the truth? If I had prayed, she would get it. You see, so there is a discipline in the anointing. God will start teaching you this thing so you don't embarrass us. Ah, and if you don't have wisdom, or at least you don't fear God enough, Palamo just say, okay, how much? How much you do? How much? <laughs> or maybe you say no, then when they bring out money. Have you seen people that are motivated by money? Once you sow seed like this, what they did not plan to pray, they will pray it. <laughs> Don't we even joke about it? The comedians joke about it because they know us. They say, ah, I gave this man of God seed. He said, remain standing, let me kneel down and pray for you. They joke about because it happens. So now, God wants to bless the children of Israel. He's taking them to a land flowing with milk and honey. And he says... I want to prepare you ahead of time. When you go there, don't go their way. The neighboring countries, don't go their way. Don't serve their gods. So, all through the Bible, God was trying to get his people to be okay with his word. To see that his word is enough. Eve, don't listen to the serpent. Children of Israel, don't try to be like other nations. They didn't hear. When they get, got into the promised land, they said, other nations have a president, a king. We want king too. Come on, are you seeing it? So, I am letting you see that your, even your innocent desire to see what others are doing so that you can level up can be sinful. It's not always wrong, but it can, you must watch it. Because even natural things have a propensity to tilt towards sinfulness at the end of the day and edge God out. God out. So you must start putting boundaries in your life. Not every God door is God's door. I, I can say no. I can say no. I can say no. Not every door is God's door. I'm content. Hallelujah. Come on, are you listening to me? And then 
When I go through trials, I still trust him. God doesn't have to renew his subscription to remain God in my life. He's not tenure-based. It's not based on performance. Because my view of performance is so skewed. If they told you to come and judge from Joseph's life, the faithfulness of God, when he was in Potiphar's house, from a natural standpoint, what will you say? Or in prison. Hallelujah. What if you knew all of that was part of the process? Just what if? Just what if? And the story of Joseph is not a good story because it ended well. Even if he died in prison, he still pleased the Lord because he did not defy his conviction. Do you understand that? Yes, <laughs> if you don't understand that, you, are, you don't understand Christianity at all. So even if God is ready to give me good things and I want good things, there is nothing, even good things that I cannot reject to keep my integrity and my faith in the Lord. Learn that now. And then you must rid yourself of the pressure to look like the world and talk like the world and dress like the world. Let me tell you this. A time is coming where you must decide how far is too far. We're coming again to the times of Noah, the days of Noah. There are some things that the whole world will do and you must sustain the ability to say, I don't need this. I'm talking about some things that are not bad. I just don't need it. Every time I ask someone, are you on social media? And the person says, no. I admire the person. Now, for some reasons, I would, it would take another lecture to tell you why I will not leave social media for the devil. <laughs> that was another lecture. All right? We need, it's a numbers game. We need more righteous people there. But for someone, despite the popularity to say, I cannot handle it, so I'm not doing, that's a strong person. I told you, the matter of wearing earring, not wearing earring, is not just a right or wrong issue for me. Even if some people who don't wear earrings don't understand it, they don't understand the word of God. If some people... But the fact that in an age that is so sensual, they could say, I will not use it. Ah, that's consecration. There's something to learn from that. So this is what I want every member of Celebration Church to know and understand. I want you to come to a point in your life where you have things, but things don't have you. There is nothing in your life that you are not ready to lose. That's when you can tell that, you, you know, the Bible says you cannot serve God and serve mammon. And if you learn these things, it will save you from many troubles. Let me say this. Are you aware that many people who are duped, if they were not greedy, they would have known that this, is, this cannot be right. Ah, ah. Invest 10K and win 10 million. Are you a thief? If 
it's not Uju Kokoro, should you not have known? Do you understand what I'm saying? When you have greed, you will not see what is clear. You will not, you have, your eye is blinded. You won't read between the lines. The one chance people talk about, I was delivered from it, not even by the anointing, just by contentment. I entered the vehicle, you know, stopped down these taxis that carry many people at the same time, not like Uber. And as we're going, the driver just told the person by my side, what is in the boots? And he said, please, sir, please, sir. Don't report me to the police. He said, I said, what is in the boot? He said, my boss died. You know, so they packed. I said, excuse me, you are wasting my time. So he said, he looked at me, that there's dollars in the boot, dollars. I said, are you going or not? You are wasting my time. Listen, God is my witness. Nobody's money has ever attracted me. It's not my own. It's not my own. And the, the, the thing is, I, I am gifted and hardworking enough to get my own. Believe in yourself like that. I said, you are wasting my time. Are you going or not? Eventually said, eh, I'm not going. So I came down and went. In fact, I wouldn't have known that it was one chance. I was just talking with my mom days after. Now I said, ah, I entered one cab and then the guy was saying, my mom shouted, yeah. That, that's one chance. I say, hey. hallelujah. You see, you don't need anybody to give you those tips. If you are not greedy, you will, your life, you, will, you will save yourself from many troubles. Me, in terms of investment, I'm traditional. There must be a product. There must be exchange of service. <laughs> anything, when you are explaining, you know, I never just understood uh, you just put money then it will, you know, all those things never caught my fancy so when people are crying, I laugh because, you know, those people are very persuasive because they know how to capitalize on the worldliness of people, that do you want to be rich, you know you can do better than how you are doing you can make it. Do you know? Do you know? I can tell you how to make it in 30 days. Ah, ah, 30 days. You know, that alone should make you say, go, I'm not interested. But you know, your greed. Your greed. Especially when your friend has been doing well, you have been looking for a quick way to do your own. You now say, ah, God has done it. God has done. Some of you, see, maybe this sermon will save your life. The way you are going, handcuffed, they will, they will arrest you. I'm not joking. They will arrest you the way you are going. Hallelujah. No pressure to be like the world. You don't base your life on anything. On anything. You know, there's a young man 
We wanted to support him, so I said, send your account number. And for some reason, I didn't hear from him. Then he reached out later and he said, sorry, I didn't send the account because my account had issues. You know, and something, something, something like that. So now, I didn't know that in the text, he was talking about two different accounts. One was there, one of them was his bank account, the other one was his Instagram account. So he didn't send the account number because his Instagram account had issues. So I was just in my mind, I was like, okay, and you go to the bank and resolve it then, I will send you the money now. Then two weeks after, he called me and he was upset. He said his Instagram account was taken down and I did not care. True life story. So I said, see me see what I said, read this message. I didn't send the account because my account had issues. I said, you too. Just linguistic ambiguity. Just learn to be clear. And it was an honest mistake. Me that I wanted to support you. But you see, that Instagram is an idol for many people. You don't have enough views. You cannot sleep. A lot of Christians struggle with these things. You are tongue-speaking, but you have an idol. Idol. Likes. Views. And so I want to drum it into your consciousness because it's going to get worse. They've studied you. They know how to keep you glued. They are using your worldliness to make money. They know that you, you will spend all your data and all your time. And so they are using it. And that's why tech, some of these social media companies are so powerful. They are, they are thriving on your greed. And so learning now, my life does not consist in the abundance of things that I possess. Say that. Say it again. Say it again. Ah, because if you don't learn what I'm telling you, oh my God. Listen, Jesus was praying and fasting when the devil tempted him. <laughs> so you can have a strong prayer life, a strong fasting life, and be greedy. The only way away from greed is to understand what I'm teaching you, to... to you must know that man shall not live by bread alone. What I'm teaching does not answer to prayer and fasting. There are many people who pray and fast and their love for money you will run. I've run away from many men of God. You hear them talk, you'll be amazed. I mean it, you'll be amazed. Please, do you understand this? Every good thing must be regulated. Every good thing. Every good thing. My appetite must be regulated. So now, the Bible says, all that is in the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of life, the loss of the flesh, internal, inordinate appetites. 
Sleep is good. Laziness is not good. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm talking about good things that shouldn't be taken to the extreme. Sex is good. Fornication is not good. Food is good. Gluttony is not good. The loss of the eyes. The devil will just bring some things, show you some things. That's, that's how they market things to you. And the thing is, you can be changing without knowing. You're changing. Watch it. You're changing. Watch it. Acknowledge how impressionable you are. The loss of the eyes. What are the things that you are seeing? I've told you, you know, the mountain from whence you can see the glories of the world in our generation is internet. Think about it. You can be monitoring someone in China by following their social media handle and someone that does not know your name is peppering you. Because of the person's relationship, now your singleness is a plague. You know what I'm saying. Watch out for that. Are you listening to me? And then, of course, the pride of life. Anything, you know, that boosts your ego and you want to show off to other people. I have it and you don't. That desire to flaunt things. Don't be like that. <laughs> don't be like that. Are you with me? And don't, don't spiritualize it. God did it. Don't put caption. It's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. You know what Jesus said? He said, when you give it to your right hand, your left hand should not know. It doesn't matter how popular these things are. It's still in the word of God. It's there. Hallelujah. It's there. Once in a while, there are some things I have released from my spirit to do for some reason. I don't want to talk about it. But you have to understand, it's 100 of the real measure of things. I might have posted online last year, maybe the privilege to give someone a car. Our church gave at least 11 cars last year. Are you listening to me? So if I wanted to be posting everyone, we would do every month. You don't, you don't need that. You don't need that. Say with me, my life does not consist in the abundance of things that I possess. So listen, when God is teaching you these things, it's because he wants to bless you and he wants to prepare you, give you the stamina to handle it. You know, someone looked at me recently. He said, I see you, you just walk around so free. It's like you don't realize who you are. That's what the person said. In my mind, I said, may I never realize. <laughs> I want to bet you, 10 years from now, I will still be like this. I will greet people freely, play, you know, and you live long, live light. 
Are you listening to me? And some of these things, the reason it needs to be emphasized is because it's learned behavior. Because some of us we were free until people did us rubbish. We now changed. I will never forget there was this boy. I remember his full name, but I won't mention it. Very wonderful boy, and he, he was in primary school with me. And so we went to secondary school. I always wondered where he is, how he's doing, you know. And so one day I was at a bookstore buying something, and next thing I turned to my side, and it's him. And I was so excited to see him. I called his name and said, how you doing? And he just looked at me. I looked back. And continued pricing what he was pricing. So, so in my mind, I thought, uh, you can't remember me, that's why. So a few minutes later, he called my name. He said, how are you doing? <laughs> you see, when you enter a place and you are stiff, some of you, you have an explanation for your pride. So that they will not, you know, <laughs> they will not see me finish. Live light. <laughs> Live light. Live light. Look, look at me now. Can I enter anywhere and they will despise me? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying that to the glory of God. Can, can it happen now? Allow God, humble yourself. Allow God to lift you. You have been trying. You have been jumping. If you jump, you will come down. Allow God to elevate you. Do you get it? This evening, see, I don't think I've said this many times. There's a grace on my life. The people around me prosper. They do. And God has given us a very firm prophecy. Next year, we're stepping into a new era. The Joshua generation. And God is going to empower his people. So when God is preparing you for the promised land, when he's giving you all these disciplines, he's not giving an excuse. He wants to bless you and he will. He's just saying, learn it before you get it. You are going to a land flowing with milk and honey, but start practicing how to control yourself now. Otherwise, the blessing, that money that you've been looking for will be your end. Study history, all the celebrities that you adore. Many of them lose their minds from Michael Jackson. Mention all of them. <laughs> My life does not consist in the abundance of things that I possess. So even when I have money, there will be boundaries in my life. Not that I will press my head, change my nose, change my... Where will you stop? And then by the time you have adjusted your whole body, the world will now move past that. There will now be a new technology. You will now be depressed. Those things never end. Learn it now. Come on, are you with me? When you, money starts coming in, don't allow the foolishness of youthful pressure to make you buy the car that is bigger than you. Invest. 
save first. Don't buy chain for God's sake. Are you listening to me? Many of the celebrities of 10 years ago are poor today because of this foolishness. Don't follow them. If you have a clean, neat car that can take you from point A to point B, stay there. Invest first. Please, are you listening to me? You are not in a race. You don't look at anybody. Don't You see, there is a race in this country, a tribe that we should learn from. Igbo guys. Uh, I'm not talking about, there are some irresponsible ones now. The irresponsible ones, their money is not clean. A real Igbo guy eh, will be driving a small car, will have four houses, you know. And I think he's wise. There is, there is something to learn. You will see them simple, you know. Once you see that, their leggings stop like this. You know that one? <laughs> and the shoe that points up. Once they have that one, they are okay. <laughs> we chain oversized glasses. But, but they, they have investments. And I can talk about this because, I mean, my parents are mixed race when it comes to, you know, tribes. So I'm not, I'm, if I'm shading, I'm shading. But our Yoruba people, my mom is Yoruba, so I'm talking about all of us. The Agbada is more than his house rent. It's when it's old and bare like this. You will use one year savings. <laughs> you know it's true. Learn wisdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? Learn wisdom. Don't just look good, be good. Don't just look rich. The aim is to actually be satisfied, not to look satisfied. The goal is to be rich and not to look rich. Drop all those competitions. See, let me give you a simple test. And this is the last thing I will say. Some of the happening people in your secondary school, where are they now? I'm asking you, where are they now? You thought they were the best thing since sliced bread and that if you don't become like them, your life is nothing. But where are they now? Learn this about life. Life moves on very fast. And if you get carried away with the foolishness, we will forget you. It... <laughs> don't succumb to depression. Be smart. Invest. Plan for the future. One more time. Stand to your feet. Say, my life does not consist in the abundance of things that I possess. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word is lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. We receive this instruction and we are doers and not hearers alone in the name of Jesus. And I thank you because your teachings are always timely 
and you have brought us this wisdom to preserve us from errors in the future. And we heed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.